Father God, we come before you today to worship you and to be in your presence. Thank you for all the blessings that you give to us and to just take time out of our, our busy schedules to spend some time with you. I thank you that you are an awesome God and that you're always there and that you take care of us. I ask you to bless each person who comes in this morning, bless each person who's watching today. There's so many people who have uh, problems and illnesses and injuries, and we just ask for your healing mercies today, Father. I ask you to bless the time that we're together today. Bless Terry as he brings the word and bless the music. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Well, I'm really excited this morning. <laughs> no, I'm really excited this morning. <laughs> We're going to have a good time. Amen. I, got a, I got a stirring word, I believe, from the Lord for you today. And also, I know that God wants to move and change lives today. We've got some, some needs. And Bonnie, we're going to pray with you here in a few minutes. But uh, we've, got, we've got some things going on. God is moving. And I believe what's happening is that the more God moves, the more resistance we get from the enemy and things happen and trying to distract us. And we just need to put all that aside and we need to keep moving forward. Amen. Press into what God has called us to do. I want to read you just some verses out of Revelation. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. I want to stop there and just say that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And that's when he heard the voice. When we come together, it's an opportunity for us to be in the Spirit. It's an opportunity for us to enter into worship in spirit and truth. And when we do that, God will speak to us. We will hear His voice. I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one, like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the feet, girded about the chest with a golden band, and his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's what happens when you worship the Lord and you get in the spirit of the Lord's day and you begin to see God. It makes you want to honor him and humble yourself. He laid his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. And then skip over a few chapters. He said, and after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. The first voice was, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I'll show you things. You must, it must take place after this. And immediately I was in the Spirit. There it is again. I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. Thank you, Jesus. By your will they were created and they exist. That's who God is. That's who we're going to worship this morning. We're going to lift the name of the Lord. We're going to exalt Him. And when we do that, God is going to show up and He's going to speak to you. You're going to be changed. You're going to be healed. And you're going to be delivered today in His presence. Will you enter in? Yes. Honey. It's your choice. Yes. It's your choice. Make a decision. Say, yes, I will enter in. And we're going to sing. Hallelujah. Thank 
four, five, six more songs, whatever it is. You've got plenty of time. But don't wait to the last song. Enter in right now. Amen. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. We invite you and we say, have your way. We choose by an act of our will yes. that we will enter into worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Or we want to come before your presence with singing. We want to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and praise, Lord. We want to lift and exalt you because you are worthy. You alone are worthy, Lord God, to receive glory and honor and praise. We're joining in with that heavenly host that is worshiping you 24 hours a day. We're throwing all of our crowns before you were cast everything down and we're saying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come hallelujah we rejoice Lord we rejoice Lord because you are here you are here have your way among us now as we worship you in Jesus name amen
your forgiveness Like sweet, sweet honey on my lips
to you all when I walked in here this morning, there was such a heaviness. Part of it is because I've been sick for a week. <laughs> I'm better, but I'm tired. And I needed to come anyway. Because God is here. What have these last two songs been talking about? Oh, Our hearts. He wants to heal your heart. And that doesn't mean one thing. It doesn't mean he wants to heal it physically if you have heart problems. It doesn't mean he wants to feel it, heal you emotionally if you're just hurt. But God can heal yes, the broken heart of you. Thank you Jesus. And I think whether we want to admit it or not, oh, I just feel this. There's so many people who are hiding their broken heart. Whatever it is that caused that in you. Gosh, I feel your pain. Thank you, Jesus. I feel your pain. God feels your pain. He wants to heal your broken heart. Whatever broke it, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Whether somebody said something that hurt you, whether it's something from your childhood, whether you lost somebody you love, doesn't matter what it is. It's a broken heart and it's very real. Don't let anybody tell you you should be getting over this, whatever. You're fine, whatever. Well, you're not. But you know what? God wants to make you better. That's right. That's right. He wants to heal yes. the brokenness in you. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to pour his love out of all of us, on all of us. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So, Eddie, sing the chorus of this again. And allow God to heal your broken heart whatever caused the break doesn't matter let him pour his love in that crack and fill it because when he fills it with his love the colors that shine out of there are beautiful thank you Jesus sorry to interrupt but
God is faithful. He never lets us down. So right now, Lord, we worship you. We continue to lift you up and exalt you because in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. There are pleasures forevermore at your right hand and we rejoice in your presence, Lord. You told us we could come into your, into your presence, come boldly with confidence before you. Lay all of our needs out to receive the mercy and the grace that we need in our, uh, in our times, Lord. And right now, there are people in our body who are going through some times. We got Bonnie's grandson Hayden has had this terrible injury on his arm and he's had surgery and he's in pain. He's got multiple things planned and we want to pray. We want to stand with Hayden that he would be healed and delivered, that he would be uh, pain-free, that this whole experience would be something totally different than what the doctors are saying right now. Only God can do that, but God can do it. There are other people in this building. I want you to Stand. If you, have a, if you have a need in someone else's life, you want to stand for them in proxy. We're going to lay hands and we're going to reach our hands out and we're going to believe together that, that the people in your life, your loved ones, your, your children, your mother, your dad, your uh, brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and cousins and grandbabies, whoever, people in your life that you want to stand and say, yes, I'll believe for them. They need a miracle and they're not here, but I'll stand for them. If you need a miracle this morning, God is here to touch and heal you. 
So Lord, everybody that's expressing a need this morning, Lord, we confess that in our own strength we are powerless, but in you, Lord, in you, Lord, everything is possible. Lord, you said, Jesus, you came. You came to destroy the works of the devil. And to, for that very reason, you were manifest. You went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed, Lord. That's what you've come to do this morning. You've come to walk right here among us this morning and heal and deliver and change people's hearts and lives. So, Lord, we stand on behalf of our needs and on behalf of our loved ones. And we say, Lord, we receive. You are the healer. You are the deliverer. You are our Savior and Redeemer, Lord. You are everything we need. We call on you, Lord. We invite you, Lord Jesus. Come. Come right now. And through us, as we pray and believe, Lord, reach out your hand to heal just like you did when you walked as a man, Lord. You walked among us as a man, and you went about doing good and healing all. So, Lord, walk right among us this morning. Reach out your hand and heal and deliver and change this, Lord, in your presence. I proclaim healing and health over everyone in this building, everyone who is listening by live stream, everyone who will listen as a podcast in the future. I proclaim health and healing by the stripes of Jesus Christ. The work is already done, Lord, and we stand and believe what you say. The devil is a liar, and he tells us that we're going to have this problem, but you say we are healed. The devil tells us it's never going to change, but you say I have come to change you in every way. We stand in what you say, Lord. I reject all the lies of the enemy. I reject all the deception that goes on in this world, Lord. I reject all the things that men may say, and I trust in you and you alone, Lord. You are God. We proclaim healing and health and wholeness over this body, every person right now. In Jesus' name, that you be healed and whole. Lord, we lift up Joel to you, this man that uh, Gene met the other day. Lord, he has special needs. We ask that you touch and heal him. Heal him and deliver him, Lord. Let him experience your great love and comfort, Lord. And for Hayden, Lord, we lift him up and ask that you cause his bones to heal properly. That there would not be a need for further surgeries, Lord. That he would be corrected. That all the pain would be gone now. He would be in manageable pain and he would be on his way to recovery in Jesus' name. And Lord, for everyone else who has experienced sickness or pain or problems recently, Lord, it's, I just come against all that in Jesus' name. And I say, devil, you are a defeated foe. You're a liar. You're the father of all lies. And we cast you down. I believe what Jesus says. I reject your lies. No more. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for delivering. Lord, I pray for your revelation now that you would speak to each one of us. Lord, that we would experience the revelation that we need so that we would see the things in us, Lord, that you're wanting to do, the things that you're wanting to change, things that you're wanting to heal, our broken hearts like we, we sang and talked about earlier, Lord. Heal our broken hearts. You have a plan for each one of us, and it's a good plan, Lord. Your goodness, your goodness is just abounding towards us all the time. And I know sometimes we don't see it, Lord. We don't see it when we're in the middle of a battle, when we're in the middle of a struggle, and all the weight seems to be crashing down on us and we don't see your goodness as it is running after us Lord your goodness overcomes and overthrows your blessings overtake us Lord you're chasing us down to bless us hallelujah 
And I don't want to be running from you, Lord. I want to just say, come, Lord Jesus, have your way. Change me, bless me, heal me, deliver me. Speak to me, Lord. I want to hear your voice. All the voices in the world, I want to be tuned into yours, Lord. I want to hear yours loud and clear. I don't want to hear the voice of the enemy or the voice of the world. I want to hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you, you are here today in power and in glory, Lord. We receive. We receive. We receive. Now say it with me. I receive. I receive. I receive your goodness, Lord. I receive all of your forgiveness. I receive all of your healing. I receive your presence, Lord. I receive the changes in me that you're working, Lord. I receive the truth of your word. I receive all that you are doing in me today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, just breathe it in. The presence of the Lord is so refreshing. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, come and fill me. Refresh me. I receive it this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What the Lord is speaking to you right now, you need to hear what he's saying. You need to hear his voice. And the enemy's trying to tell you stuff right now too. He's trying to tell you that your circumstances aren't going to change. He's trying to tell you that it's going to always be this way. He's going to try to tell you that you've prayed this way before and you've trusted God but nothing changed. God is saying, today, is the day of salvation. Today is the day that things will change. Today is the day that my glory is going to come. Change you. Change your heart. Change your mind. Renew your mind. Cause you to think differently. Restore your soul. Cause you to, to be healed in your broken heart. The glory of God is here to heal your broken bodies as well those who are hopeless God is here to say I'm giving you hope hear the voice of the Lord today don't listen to the enemy don't listen to the circumstances of your life hear what God says when your hope is fixed on him it doesn't disappoint it can't disappoint hope in Christ is eternal you can't fail you can't fall short when you're hoping in Christ because he never fails and he never falls short hallelujah thank you Jesus 
I proclaim life over this body. Life over this body. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Wow, I could get excited if it goes on like that. Man. Isn't God good? You know, and, and uh, I'm telling you, there is victory. There is victory here today. And, and you might not... You might not be seeing it or, exper or experiencing it fully right now, but don't let the enemy lie to you. Because what God has said and what God is doing, it's real and it's true. Believe and stand fast. I think about in Ephesians, Paul is talking about the, um, putting on the whole armor and standing. And he says, stand. And having done all, continue to stand. And I, I always think about that, you know, like... And, you know, people in a, in a horrible battle right down to the last man and they're standing and people are falling all around him and the last guy, he's standing and, and he whoops the last one he looks up and there's a thousand more coming. It's like, come on, baby, I'm ready. <laughs> stand and having done all, continue to stand. That's what God wants us to do because that's where the victory is. If you give up, that's where the defeat comes in. You have to continue to stand. Your circumstances may not change at all, but when you continue to stand, God will change your heart. When your heart changes, then everything is different. That's where the victory is. So when you begin to praise God for the victory, even though you're not seeing it, that's where you begin to see the victory. When you begin to rejoice over God's provision and care, even when you're wondering, how am I going to make it? That's where the victory comes in. Read the Bible. It's full of all those stories of the old folks that believed and saw God do mighty, miraculous, wonderful things. And it didn't come because they doubted. It came because they believed. They looked off in the distance and they said, man, look at those promises. I'm grabbing a hold of them. I'm embracing them. Ah, they're way off out there in the distance, but I'm not giving up because it's the promise of God. And I'm going to embrace them. And when you begin to embrace God's promises like that, something happens. Something happens in the spiritual realm and you begin to walk in victory. And your circumstances may be awful, but you're walking in victory because you're filled with hope. You're filled with joy and you're filled with the love of Christ. And his perfect love casts out all your fear and all your doubts begin to drop by the wayside and you can get excited about life again. And I come against the spirit of despair and despondency in this place. I come against the spirit of suicide. I come against the spirit of, of despair you have to go now in Jesus' name. We, we just reject all your lies. No more. I believe, I believe that God is my healer and my deliverer. I believe he is my provider. And I believe he is my king. And I'm going to rejoice in that. And I reject the lies of the enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry, but... Uh, Sometimes I get excited. It's okay. We're supposed to be excited. You, you believe that? We ought to be excited. We serve a, a risen Savior. We serve a God who is the creator of the universe, and yet he has chosen to come and dwell in our hearts. How could we not get excited about that? I mean, we ought to be jumping up and down, shouting all the time. 
my voice is about gone because I was singing so loud. I like to sing. I feel sorry for Dan and these guys right up here in front of me because I've belted out. And, uh, and I'm probably not even on key a lot of times, but I have a good time. I believe the Lord wants us to lift our voices to him. He wants us to lift our hearts and lift our hands. There, you know, there's different expressions, and we ought to be doing them all. We ought to be doing a little jig every now and then. We ought to lift our hands. We ought to stomp our foot. We ought to clap. We ought to shout. We ought to sing. We ought to pray. It's all part of our expression of who we are. You go, so God is good. We've been uh, in Colossians uh, for a while now, and uh, we're in Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15 today. And I, I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this week for a long time because there's some, uh, some really powerful stuff in these two verses. And, uh, and it's interesting because this week, uh, I've heard some other teaching and preaching and some other things, and uh, it's like God is just pouring this stuff into me and, and uh, you know it's not a surprise that's the way the Lord works he sends the spirit and he begins to orchestrate all the different things so that it all comes together and there's a reiteration over and over and over again that's why when we worship we sing some of the songs that have the same phrases in them we're talking about broken hearts we're talking about being healed we're talking about you know God's goodness and uh that, that's not a mistake. That's not a coincidence. That's the way God works. That's why from the very beginning, God made it clear that he was all about redemption. When Adam and Eve fell, he immediately instituted his redemptive work. And it's throughout the entire word of God. It's just revealed and displayed over and over and over again. And numerous experiences in people's lives, how God was showing how it all works. God is all about redemption. He wants to heal and restore and redeem us. And I'm glad because even though I've been walking with the Lord a good number of years now, I hadn't reached that yet. I haven't reached that state of perfection. I won't ever reach that. But I'm growing and I'm maturing and I'm changing. And it's not too late for an old dog to learn a few new tricks. I'm trying to learn every day. And God will do that with all of us if we'll just stay in the process of applying His Word. Let the Spirit apply it to our lives as we follow Him. <clears throat> all right, let's read together. I want to begin in verse 12 so we get a little background. Buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. <clears throat> So, having forgiven all your trespasses, so it says that we were buried with him and we were raised with him and he has now forgiven all of our trespasses and he's put us in a position where we can be successful walking with him in kingdom business. I mean, he has started us on the path. 
It's not the end, it's the beginning of the journey. When our sins are forgiven, when we give ourselves to the Lord, we start this journey, we start this, this walk, and we're on that, that narrow path that leads to life. There's not as many people in the narrow path as there are on the broad path that leads to destruction. But we're on the path that's leading to life. He's forgiven us all of our trespasses, and he's, he's put us in a position where we can be successful. He set the stage for our success. And that's important to know. And we're going to, as we go a little long further now, we're going to find out exactly how he's done all that. <clears throat> so, all of our trespasses, all of our sin, our guilt, the estrangement that we had from God, that's all taken away if you're in Christ. And now we're not estranged anymore. There may be times that you, you stub your toe a little bit and you feel bad. And you, and you know that things aren't exactly like they should be. And you know you need to get back and, and seek the Lord. But that's not the estrangement that we're talking about when you don't know the Lord. That's, that is something where you can't experience His goodness. You can't accept in repentance. You can't even begin to sense how God's mercy and grace works because you're separated from Him. Your sin separates you. But He has forgiven all those trespasses. And He has set the field, leveled it out, and not just level it out, but he has heaped his blessings and his prosperity on us. He's heaped on us his grace. His goodness abounds towards us. He didn't just level it out, but he built it up. He put our feet up on the rock. And he began to pour out all that good stuff on us so that we don't have to scrape and scrounge and fight for everything. He is with us. And he's causing us to be successful. So in verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, it was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Right. Having wiped out, that means to erase, to remove by or as if by rubbing or wiping off. I like this, to obliterate. To obliterate, to anoint or wash in every part. As a noun, that word means to record a debt. It's a written promise to repay a debt. It's a written promise. You think about that, having wiped out the handwriting that was against us, to anoint or wash in every part. So I just want to paint a little picture for you right quickly. Think about this. Jesus, through his blood, has obliterated... He's wiped it out, all that stuff that was against us. And he did it by anointing and washing us with his blood. He wiped it out. He rubbed it out. It's kind of like buffing a, an old car with some nice compound and polish. Except he's using the blood of the lamb. He's anointing us and he's washing us and he's rubbing it. So you've got all these, these things that are written against you. Not only... Is it the law which was written against you? But it's all those things in your heart and mind that the enemy has accused you of. All those things that other people have said and done to you. All those things that are, they are against you. They're in you. Jesus is rubbing those things out. He's anointing you with his blood and he's rubbing those things out. He is obliterating those things. And they don't need to control you. They don't need to be in your life because the blood of the lamb is wiping them out. Our job 
is to receive that. Our job is to put ourselves in a position where we can receive that because it's a process. You, can, you come to the altar and you give your life to Jesus. Boom, you're born again. That's forever. I mean, it's happened. You're changed. You are a new creation. But what happens from that point forward is a process. It's called sanctification. It's the, it's the working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's the part where God is working in you every day. And he's rubbing out all those things that were against you. He's obliterating all that stuff that was against you. It was contrary to you. He's doing it with the blood of the Lamb. And he's taking away all those lies. Taking away all those offenses. Taking away all those things. And he's changing you day by day. Making all things new. He wiped them out. And it's a handwriting. The Greek word is kyriographon. Something handwritten. Like a manuscript or a legal document. It's a record of a debt. It's a written promise to repay a debt. You remember when Moses got the law? How was it written? It was handwritten with the finger of God. That written ordinance, that written requirement, it is contrary to us. I mean, the law is not bad, but it, but it, it is something that we cannot fulfill or live up to. It is a requirement that we will never be able to satisfy. That's why Jesus came and he fulfilled all the requirements of the law and he gave himself for us and took upon himself our sin, becoming sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God in him. All of that, just think about that. The finger of God wrote the law. And now Paul is saying, Christ has come and he has with his blood, he has rubbed out that handwritten accusation against us, that handwritten thing that we couldn't satisfy and fulfill. And there's not just one time. There's all kinds of places in the Bible too where it talks about things written by the finger of God. Did you know that when, when Moses went to, to set the children of Israel free and he started doing these signs and wonders, all the magicians said, ooh, this is the finger of God. The finger of God. Jesus, when he was talking to the Pharisees, they accused him of doing things, casting out devils in the, in the name or, or with the power of Beelzebub. And he said, no. He said, but if I do it, he said, you should know that the finger of God has come near you. The finger of God has come near you. The handwritten requirements that the Lord gave in the law and all the handwritten requirements that the enemy has put in your mind, he's tried, to, he's tried to stamp and imprint those things in your heart and mind so that you can't get free, that you think you're going to be like you have always been. That's why people fall into depression and despair and anxiety because they, they're looking at their lives and they're seeing all the things and they're saying it's, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's going to be like this forever. And that's a lie. We need to begin to believe what God says. He said, I came to heal and deliver. That's who Jesus is. That's, he is our healer. He is our deliverer. He didn't die on the cross and do all that just 
just so that we can have forgiveness of our sins. He came to deliver us in every way. That word deliverance, salvation, sozo, it means to be healed wholly in every way. Body, mind, soul, spirit. I mean, you're supposed to be healed and whole. Paul said, I was delivered, I am being delivered, and I will yet be delivered. I was saved, same word, I was saved, I am being saved, and I'm going to be saved. It's a process, and we're working through it. But God wants us to be victorious while we work through it, not discouraged and beat down and, and despondent and despairing. You know, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. That's great. But I've got a life right now, too. I'm not going to wait till I get to glory to start living a life. Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life right now. Now is the time we need to be living in the abundant life. We need to be the light and the salt. We need to be the people that God has called us to be so that the world will see it. The world will be changed. I want to do the works that Jesus did. And he said, you will. You're going to do even more because I'm going to the Father. We need to get on board with that idea and start getting after it. The handwriting of requirements. The requirements, that would be like an edict or a formal or authoritative proclamation. It's an ordinance or a command. It's a decree, a dogma, a rule or a law. Now, all those things are not bad. I'm not saying those are all bad. I'm just saying you can't have something that's written against you, that's contrary to you, and you just accept it. If something is contrary to you, you gotta, you got to say, no, I don't want that. I mean, just think how your life would be. You're walking down the street, and a burglar comes up and just says, or, you know, a guy comes up and says, I need you to give me your money. I mean, you're, you're going to want to resist. You might not want to die. You may say, okay, I'll give you money. I don't want to die. But you're thinking, I'm not, I'm not really liking this. You know? and, and if you have a choice, you will resist that. If someone says, would you give me all your money? And they don't have a gun, I'd say, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I resist that. I reject that. I don't think I'm going to buy into that one. That's what the devil does. He comes to you and he says, would you let me ruin your life and make you miserable? Okay, sure. Go ahead. That's right. Either, either by actively doing it or by not actively resisting. Because the devil will do whatever you let him do. He doesn't really have power over you except what you give him, but he will take and exercise power over you if you allow him. So the requirements, that would be the legal requirements. And, and I've, I've talked about this before, and I know some people really like lists, and I, I use lists sometimes at work. I'm not really very good at lists. Tracy can tell you, yeah, I'm not really good at following the list. You know, she writes them and leaves them all over the house, and I ignore them. But lists, you know, lists, they work on you, though. Uh, and what I notice is some of those lists, it's like, wow, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to finish. You know, there's, there's just a continual list. So when you're working with the requirements, the list that's in your mind, sometimes that becomes a bondage. It's contrary to you. It's against you. It's because, because it makes you think, I'm never going to accomplish all this stuff. And I'm going to be 
a failure and a flop and I'm going to not do everything that I need to do at the end of the day instead of thinking man I did so good today you're thinking man I didn't do very good I didn't get anything done I tell you I don't like that sometimes I have a list and you know start out the day and we'll look at the list at the end of the day it's like huh, didn't do one thing on that list and I start thinking, well, what did I do? So I start writing down the things I did. Well, mark that one off. Yeah, I did something good. I, read the, I got that one too. Well, I'll do those others tomorrow. Use the list in a positive way. Don't let it work against you. Because Christ has obliterated that handwriting against you, whether it's your own writing or the writing of the enemy or the writing of, of someone else or it's those laws that you can't fulfill. Because in your own power, you're powerless to live a sinless life. You need to get over that. Begin to look at a positive list and begin to say, I can be who God has called me to be. I'm not going to continue to be the broken person that I was because God is healing me. He is changing me all the time. So that list, the requirements were contrary to us. That means completely contrary, diametrically opposed in nature or character to our, our purpose, to someone or something. It's characterized by opposite extremes. It's an adversary or it's hostile. It's set over against us. It's contrary to you. Now, if you want to, if you want to go along with it, you can go along with it, but I would, I would encourage you to not allow the contrary stuff to continue. Reject the contrary stuff. Say, no more. I'm going to believe what God says about me. He has taken it out of the way. He has eliminated it, terminated it, ended it. It even refers to killing or murder sometimes. Kill, crucify the old man, the flesh. Don't let it continue to lie to you. And tell you, you got to do this. you got to have that. Oh, man, this would feel so good. It would, but I'm not going to do it. Because I'm killing you. I'm not going to let you do that to me. It's taking it out of the way. <clears throat> also means to take it up in a way and, and so it's out of sight forever. And compared to the Hebrew word nasa, it means to lift or bear up or carry to remove or be swept away. That's why they used the, the scapegoat on the Day of Atonement. They would lay their hands on it and they would confess their sins and they'd say, okay, now we're going to kill one of these and the other we're going to take it and we're going to let him carry all those sins away out in the wilderness. That's what we need to do. We need to let, let our sins and let our past, let our, all of our handwriting that's against us, the stuff that's contrary, let it be borne away. Let it be taken away. Don't just hang on to it. He's taking it out of the way. Out, that word is ek. It means, it's a preposition. It means, uh, it denotes origin. It's out of place. Or time or cause. And so, I always think of that, you know, when, when he says he's taking it out of the way in relation to time, place, or cause. Whatever caused you to have that pain, whatever caused you to have that thing that was contrary to you time place or cause go back find that thing find that place where it happened and say okay I'm 
I'm letting you obliterate that. I'm letting you rub that out with your blood. I'm letting you take that away. I'm not going to allow something that happened when I was a child to mess me up right now as an adult. I'm not going to allow something that someone said to me that hurt my, my feelings last week to change my future. I want to go back to that thing. I'm going to say, okay, take that thing. Rub it out with your blood. Heal me and make me whole. Out of the way. It's a, it's a location. It's in the midst or the middle among things. And I don't want it to be among me anymore. I want it to be out of me. And he's nailed it to the cross. He has nailed it. Attached to something somewhere by means of nails. Proseluo is the word. And it means, uh, it's a preposition of direction. Forward to or toward. So if he's nailed it to his cross, everything was looking forward. Everything was looking toward the cross. The cross is where everything happens. All of our healing, all of our deliverance, all of our forgiveness, all of our power, it comes through what he did at the cross. It was a looking forward to. From the very beginning to the end, it's always been a looking forward to. And now we are looking back to the cross because it's all about the cross. That's where it happened. That's where the power is. He took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Now I'm going to tell you a story. So there's this farmer, rancher, out in West Texas, far out there, out in the boonies. A lot of, a lot of bad stuff happens out when you're in remote areas like that. One day he's out there just minding his own business, doing some chores. God drives up and gets out of his car and he says, I'm a DEA agent and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inspect all of your property and I'm looking for any kind of illegal or illicit crops. And he said, okay. He said, but if I were you... I wouldn't go in that field right over there. He said, he whoops out his badge. He said, you see this badge? I am authorized by the federal government. I can go anywhere on your property. I can do anything I want. You cannot stop me. Do you understand? Do you get that? Okay, I get it. He goes back to his chores. In a few minutes, he hears, ah, 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 and this guy's running for all he's worth, and he he looks up and his Brahma bull is chasing him full steam and he's catching him. And that guy's hollering, he's running, he's running. The farmer, the rancher, he says, well, I got to do something. So he, he runs over the fence and he hollers, hey, hey, show him your badge. <laughs> so here's the deal. The devil wants to flash his badge at you. And he wants to make you think that he's got all power and authority. He can do anything he wants. But we're a bull. And we can run him right out of the pasture. He doesn't have power and authority over us. But he's pretty skilled at flashing that badge. He's pretty skilled at it. Having disarmed to take away the weapons from, to render harmless, to strip off, disrobe. In the Greek, it, it's similar to a word that means putting off, like we talked about in verse 11. Putting off wholly and totally. Put off from yourself for your advantage. The devil tries to show you his badge, but we need to just disarm him because he's already been disarmed. We need to remind him 
that you don't have power and authority over me. He tries to flash that badge and we just need to run him out of the pasture. Disarm. He is disarmed. Luke 11. The 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then in John 16, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So, the finger of God, it's still writing. The finger of God is writing now and he's saying, I have judged the devil. I've cast him down. He is defeated. I've disarmed him because he doesn't have any handwriting against you anymore. I've taken that all away. I've washed it all away. I've rubbed it out. I've obliterated it. And I'm writing something new now. I'm writing down that he is judged. He is cast down. He is cast out. And you have power and authority over him. Don't believe his lies. And he says, he has disarmed principalities and powers. And those, those two words, principalities and power, that is arche and exousia. And that means a ruler a supernatural ruler, any supernatural being besides God, acting in a ruling or commanding capacity, good or evil. You know, you can, angels and demons can be principalities. Ruler authorities, chief in order, time, place, or rank. And exousia means power or authority. It's a person who exercises administrative control over others or jurisdiction or absolute power. So the enemy is a liar and a deceiver. He comes to you and he says, I've got this badge that says I have jurisdiction. I have authority. I can go anywhere. I can do anything I want to do. And you can't stop me. You can't tell me no. You can't resist because I have jurisdiction. But he's a liar. That's deception. God is saying, I have given you jurisdiction. I have given you authority. I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. He has disarmed all the power of the enemy. Yes. And we don't see it. We experience it sometimes. But we, we think that the devil is so powerful and we get all anxious about having to do battle with him. But he is defeated. He has been disarmed. But we have to know that. We have to operate in that. And, and he doesn't easily give up. You start taking authority over him and telling him. It's just like, it's just like the rancher. He said, you know, if I was you, I wouldn't go over in that pasture. Hey, you see my badge? I can do, you can't tell me no. 
That's the way the devil is. He starts saying, you can't tell me no. I can do this. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Back and forth. You have to take authority and you have to stand strong. Don't give in. Continue to say and do what God has told you to do. So he has disarmed him. He made a public spectacle of him. That means to disgrace publicly, to damage someone's reputation by exposing an illicit action to public scrutiny. How about this? <clears throat> what if the rancher had videotaped that and sent it back to, his, to the DEA's office and headquarters and said, look what your agent did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, got, he got humiliated. That's what Jesus did. When he disarmed the power of the enemy, that's what he did. He made a public spectacle of him. He said, don't you look silly running through that pasture, hollering and yelling and screaming, running for your life. You think you're so big and so tough, but you're not. He made a public spectacle of him. He disgraced him. And he triumphs over him. That means to parade triumphantly. A parade was offered for returning armies who had been victorious. When they would come back and they would have a big parade, a lot of times they would even, they would even bring captives, you know, prisoners. And they'd be trailing along, you know, chains and dragging them down through town. Everybody would be throwing stuff at them and hollering and cheering for the good guys and booing the bad guys. And, you know, it's a public spectacle. And that's what Jesus did. He disarmed Satan and he has made a public spectacle of him. And we ought to be doing the same thing. That doesn't mean you, you need to get all bold and proud and, you know, start doing crazy stuff. But you don't have to be afraid of the devil because he has been disarmed. We have power and authority over him. And he did it all. In it, some versions say the cross. Some say Christ. New King James says in it. But you can tell he's talking about the cross. That's where it happened. That's where the triumphing over him happened in the cross. Because that's where he was defeated. And we need to keep looking at the cross. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree but, hallelujah, the curse has been broken. Amen? Because Jesus became a curse for us and he delivered us from that curse. And so we don't have to do that anymore. We can be free. Worship team, y'all can come back. Man, oh man. Isn't God good? Just think about that. Having wiped out all that stuff that was contrary to you against you. Don't accept it anymore. Just begin to say no, man. It's like, it's like the drug slogan, you know. Just say no. The devil wants to tell you how bad you are. He wants to tell you how messed up you are, how many problems you have, how it's not going to change. Just say no. I'm not going for that anymore. I'm going to believe what God says. God has a good plan for it. Matter of fact, he says in Jeremiah, he said, I, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They're not bad plans. Give you a hope and a future and expect it in. You're going to know because I've made a good plan for you. I've destined you for success. Amen. So as we sing and worship these last two songs, I want to encourage you. Let God, let God just speak that life into you so that you won't go out here like you came in. You go out here thinking, I, I can do this. I can do this. I don't have to be under, under the enemy's thumb. He can flash his badge all he wants, but I'm going to run him out.
Because I have authority. I have power. Amen? Let's worship. We've had a great time this morning, and uh, I believe the Lord has, has touched people, healed people, spoken to you. But if you like a special prayer, if you'd like someone to agree with you, maybe anoint you with oil or something, you're welcome to come to the altar, and we're going to allow you to come as we finish this last song, and we'll, uh, we'll pray with you, whatever needs you have. Believe, though, that God is speaking the truth to you, and the devil is speaking the lies to you. Amen. Believe what God is saying. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for yes. your goodness. Thank you for your deliverance and healing and all that you've done this morning, Lord. Yes. And I thank you that you've encouraged us so that we can go out thank and you. accomplish all the things that you've given us to do now. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I proclaim peace over this body. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Thank you, Jesus. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Share the good news with someone. Amen. Come back again. Bring someone with you. How are they going to hear if we don't bring them? If we don't tell them? Somebody's got to do it. Amen? Let's go do it. God bless you.